1: Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
0: You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life
2: unconditionally loved by God and harvest. I come to him just as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the message I'm prepared to receive will make me more like the great I am. I am blessed and I am favored in Jesus name. Amen. Y'all like the new one? That's the 2015 faith confession. Here it is. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Somebody say, I'm blessed. blessed. Deuteronomy chapter 1. And I want you to get down to verse number 3. And when you have it, say, I got it, Bishop. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. I'll wait on you. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Now, Deuteronomy literally in Hebrew means to say again. So a lot of the things in Deuteronomy you will have seen already have taken place in previous parts of the Scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse, uh, uh, chapter 1. Uh, Verse number uh, three, it says, now it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month that Moses spoke to the children of Israel, according to all that the Lord had given him as commandments to see. I want you to skip down to verse eight. See, I have set the land before you. Say, God has set a great life before me. So in the scripture, when the Bible is talking about the promised land for you and I, there's no specific parcel of land. It's talking about a promised life. Watch this. It says, go in and possess the land, which for you and I would be life, which I swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to them and their descendants after them. Look at verse 9. And I spoke to you at that time, saying, I alone am not able to bear you. Look at verse 10. Then the, uh, the Lord God has multiplied you, and here you are today as the stars of heaven in multitude. Watch verse 11. May the Lord God of your fathers. Now, who is your fathers? He's talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What have we learned in this series? That if you're a Christian, you're the seed of Abraham, which means whatever he said to Abraham, it was the same as if he was saying it to us. So look at verse 11. May the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are, and bless you as he has promised you. Apparently, everybody didn't read the same verse I just read because you already missed your cue to give God praise. May the Lord the God of your fathers, well, who's he talking about? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So who was he really talking to? Us, because if he said it to Abraham, it was the same as if he was saying it to us. May the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are and bless you as he has promised you. Would you prophesy to somebody and tell them, say, there's a thousandfold blessing on you? Tell them. That ain't preacher hype. That's Bible. It says, may the Lord God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, make you a thousand times more numerous than you are and bless you as he has promised you. But watch verse 12. Watch verse 12. Because the moment you heard that, some of y'all, this is exactly what you did. Verse 12. How? How can I alone, this is Moses saying this. Bear your problems and your burdens and your complaints. Verse 11, God gives a thousandfold blessing. Verse 12, his question is how? Father, today I decrease that you might increase. Walk now all throughout this place, tailor-making this word for us, your people. Speak to us in such a profound and poignant way, Father, that people leave this experience knowing that they not just heard another sermon, but they have heard a message from the throne room of heaven. I decrease now that you might increase. Speak like only you can, with clarity, with wisdom, with power. And Father, I declare that today, that thousandfold blessing that you promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that it would begin to manifest in the lives of the people under the sound of my voice. The days of average are over. The days of mediocrity are over. The days of just getting by are over. The days of just enough are over. But we receive the thousandfold blessing that you promised. I wish I had somebody in here that would say that. Say, I receive the thousandfold blessing that God has promised in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Do me a favor as you take your seats, high five, two or three people and tell them, say the thousandfold blessing, the thousandfold. Hallelujah. Now, watch this. As we end this series, we've discovered what it is to be blessed and favored with both God and people. And I've taught on this subject much before, and I want to encourage you to get those series. And let me give you a side note. Every message I teach is tantamount to advanced seminary level instruction. So you should take notes and get CDs and at a minimum, get the CDs. Now we've learned that the blessing is an empowerment to prosper, to do well, and to be whole. Say to prosper, Prosper. to to do well, and to be whole. Now, now, Hebrew is, uh, in the Hebrew, the word blessing is this Old Testament word or Hebrew word called Barak. It means to have abundance, to salute, to be all together, to congratulate and to make great. Now, you know that because you've been here the last four weeks. Now, we started this series by trek- tracking the blessing in Genesis. And then we learned that the blessing must be chosen day by day and decision by decision. And last week, we learned that being blessed is on the other side of a, uh, oh, oh, y'all will not do that today. Being blessed is on the other side of a nevertheless. Come on here now, God. Dog. I'm liable to just take my seat if y'all don't listen to what I'm saying. Being blessed is on the other side of a All right, there it is. Now, God told them he wanted them to possess the land in Deuteronomy. Uh, and please understand. Uh, and he wanted them to be blessed 1,000-fold. Say 1,000-fold. And Moses' response to, watch this, former slaves telling him he's going to make them a thousand times greater than they currently were, his response wasn't, wow, thank you. His response wasn't, I receive it. His response was, how? What in the heck is wrong with somebody asking how after the king of kings and the lord of lords has just announced to you that he's going to make you a thousand times greater than you currently are? Now, in this instance, God was not specifically saying to multiply what they had by 1,000, but the term 1,000-fold blessing illustrated that the blessing would make them great. Now, we often wonder how is God going to take us from this to that because of our ability to see how is sometimes jaded. Uh, Sometimes our ability to comprehend how God is going to get something done uh, just doesn't have the ability to get there. Uh, How will you have abundance if all you see is lack? How will God salute you when you're tired of fighting? How is it going to be all together when it's falling apart? How will he congratulate you when you feel like you're losing? How will he make you great when you feel like you're a goon? Goon means stupid, foolish, or awkward. How am I going to go from good to great? Somebody shout how. Now, the Bible is full of blessed people that at first wondered how. Abraham's response in Genesis 15 to God telling him he was going to give him a son was, Lord, how? Uh, I can't bear children uh, anymore. In fact, the scripture says that Abraham's body was dead. In other words, he didn't have the ability to produce what was necessary to reproduce. So he says to God, God, how is this going to happen? Mary, when the angel came to her and said, listen, you're getting ready to give birth, and his name shall be Emmanuel, God with us. You know her response? How can this be for I am a virgin. So please don't feel alone if you've been asking God how. The Bible's full of people that asked Him how. Now, watch this. When it comes to seeing the blessing manifest into your life, the how is up to Him. Yeah. Say the how yeah. is up to Him. But now the who, what, where, and when are up to you. Now, watch this. Don't worry about how He's going to do His part when you haven't first done your part. Don't ask me for your order when you haven't paid for it. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. But please understand. Now, there's some stuff we're getting ready to settle right here, right now. Please understand. Because you are not going to repeat 14 and 15. I said you are not going to repeat 14 and 15. I declare to you and prophesy to you that 2015 will be the greatest year of your life that you have ever lived. And there's some stuff that on this last Sunday we've got to settle. Just your neighbor said we've got to settle some stuff right here. Right now. All right, so who's getting ready to be blessed a thousandfold? You. All right, I, that, that's fine. Some of y'all looking at me strange and otherwise. That's fine. You'd be messed up if you want to. And where are you going to be blessed? Right here in the middle of whatever circumstances you're in. And when are you going to be blessed one thousand thousandfold? Now. now. Now watch this. But for the what? Somebody say what? I want to give you a few examples from different people in the Bible. So that you can see that the thousandfold blessing, which is greatness, is available for anybody and everybody. Now watch this. In modern Christianity, there's been a movement that has now uh, diluted the power of the scriptures to suggest that if you're a Christian, you should just be some little dusty road, messed up, jacked up, somebody over here shriveling in the corner, rocking back and forth, looking weird, always struggling, not having nothing, always borrowing. That's not Bible it's satanic and it's demonic and it comes from the very pits of hell the only person that doesn't want Christians to be great is the enemy because he realizes that if Christians ever rise up to what God has ordained for them to walk in, that we'll take this place over, God did not send us to take sides, but he sent us to take over, but you can't take over if you can't even pay your bills but that was last year I said, but that was last year. You can't take over if you don't have joy, but that was last month. Somebody say, that's over. You better get used to being great, baby, because God has an announcement for you. All the hell you've been going through and all the stretching you've been going through is because he says, I will bless you 1,000 fold. What's this? Somebody say what? All right, so watch this. I'm going to give you four things. I'm going to give you four things because the who is you The when is now, the where is in the middle of whatever you're in. But the what now, I've got to do my what so he reveals his how. It's not the other way around. He's not going to reveal how and then you get to do your what because that's not faith. It's not faith to walk on water, please understand, if he says, listen, I'm going to hold you up under the water. The opposite of faith isn't fear, it's certainty. I'm going to say that again. The opposite of faith isn't fear, it's certainty. Fear involves risk. Or excuse me, faith involves risk. So, so, so we don't get to say, God, listen, as soon as you tell me how, I'm going to show do it. He says, I'm not telling you anything until I get my what? Touching neighbor, and say, give him his what? Right, so here's number one. Great honor, greater healing. Great honor, greater healing. Acts 28 and 7. Uh, if you don't have it, you can just look on the screen. In that region, there was the estate of the leading citizen of that island, whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. Now, Publius, I don't know why when I look at Publius, I see Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly is the old grocery store you used to have in the South. I don't know why when I see Publius, I think of Piggly Wiggly. It's a little pig coming to my mind. Uh, look at verse 8. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a what? Of what? fever, and dysentery. Paul went uh, into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. Verse 9, so when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Look at verse 10. They also honored us in many ways, and when we departed, they provided such things as necessary. After three months, we sailed. Check this out. There's this one man, please understand, who entertains, and, and this is Dr. Luke writing Acts. He's a physician doctor, and Dr. Luke Reich acts, and he's talking about this missionary journey with Paul. Paul is the man of God. He's the apostle. Say he's the man of God. Now check this out. Uh, this man's father gets sick and he's got fever and dysentery which means watch this if it was not turned that this was an instantaneous death sentence because he would have excreted all of his nutrients hear what I'm saying to you but because they honored Paul the scripture says that Paul went into the man and prayed and laid hands on him and he healed him and not only did that man's father get healed but then the scripture says the entire island got healed why because verse 10 they also honored us in many ways. I need you to catch this. The honor that the Maltons gave to the man of God created a season, three months of healing for the whole island. You're not hearing what I'm saying. These Maltons we're non-christians now here's what's interesting is jesus said healing is the children's bread which means healing only rightfully belongs to christians which means if you are non-christian you're not entitled to healing if you get healed it's on accident not on purpose but when you are christian you can expect healing why because with his stripes we were healed but these non-Christians received the same benefits of, be- of being Christians, watch this, not because they confess Jesus, but because of their honor towards the man of God. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? And not only did this one man get healed, but the scripture says the entire island got healed. Somebody say greater healing. The blessing of emotional, physical, and spiritual healing can manifest through honor. I'm trying to tell somebody, please please understand, uh, some some of the healing you need, watch this, emotionally and physically and spiritually can manifest through your choice to honor. And that's why new folk can come in and get blessed real fast and you look at them, how that happened for them. Well, because you come up in here every week, but you're dishonorable and you don't take what you receive like it's valuable. And so it doesn't work for you because you're dishonorable, but somebody can walk in the door and honor it and it worked for them. Say, great honor, honor. greater healing. healing. There's vertical honor. That means those above you. There's horizontal honor. That means those equal to you. But then watch this. There's inner honor. How you treat you. Could it be that some of your emotional healing hasn't happened because while you treat other people well, you neglect you? You take care of everybody else, but you messed up, tore up, jacked up, tied up, tangled up. There's vertical honor, those above you. Horizontal honor, those equal to you. But then there's inner honor, the way you treat you. Say great honor, great greater, honor. greater healing. Greater All right, number two, I got to move. Great seed, greater harvest. God said, I'll make you a thousand times. He just said, I'm going to make you greater. I'm going to make you greater. Say greater. greater. Now I says two. Uh, greater seed, or excuse me, great seed, greater harvest. First Kings chapter three, verse four. You got it? Okay, just look on the screens. Verse 4. Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place, Solomon. So we're talking about King Solomon here, offered a 1,000 burnt offerings on that altar, which to you and I is tantamount, tantamount today to a $1,000 offering. Now, you go talking about money, absolutely, because you keep praying for it. Stop posting prayer requests about money, and then I'll stop teaching you about it. Stop coming to the prayer partners, praying about your finances, then we'll stop teaching. About it. It'd be, I'd be an irresponsible pastor to not teach you about what it is you pray most about. Yeah. Verse 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, ask, what shall I give you? Now, now wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Solomon gives a what's tantamount today to a $1,000 offering, and God responds in a dream to Solomon and says, Solomon, tell me, what do you want me to do for you? Okay. All right. All right. He essentially gives to Solomon a blank check. And says, so Solomon, whatever you ask me for, I'm so moved by your offering. And for everybody who says, God, yeah, it's about what's in your heart. Mm-mm, you should read your Bible. When the offering was happening in the scripture, Jesus would sit back and he'd stand on the other side of the treasury and watch what the people were giving. That's how he knew the widow had given a mite. How did he know she gave that? Because he stood back there and he watched her give. And then he said, listen, you got a lot, so you giving what you gave didn't really hurt you to give that. He said, you didn't sacrifice. But this woman, who's a widow, which means she doesn't even have the ability to produce income, she gave this mite, and this was more mighty and more greater faith than what you gave because it didn't hurt you to give that, but it hurt her to give that because that's all she had. So Jesus, God, rather, in this particular text, is standing back. He watches Solomon's offering. He says, God, dog, this boy just got or uh, uh, placed into the position of being king, and he gave such a significant offering. I'm going to ask him, what does he want me to do? I, I think there's somebody in here that says, my God, that, that's what I want the Lord to do. Look, 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 I want the Lord to come and say, just tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. I mean, there's somebody in here that. And look at verse 7. Uh, I'm skipping some verse six, verse seven. Now, oh, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father, David. But look what he says. I'm a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. In other words, he says, God, I feel unqualified for the greatness that I'm in. He says, so the best thing I knew to do was to give an offering, he he said, because I feel totally unqualified to be king. Look at verse number 12. Behold, I have done according to your words. This is God responding to Solomon. He says, because in those few verses, Solomon asked for wisdom. He doesn't ask for money. He asked for wisdom. He said, teach me how to do this. Verse 12, behold, I have done according to your word. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been, watch this, anyone like you before you, watch this, nor shall any like you arise after you. In other words, he says, Solomon, I'm going to make you a thousand times greater. He was saying, there's not going to be anybody like you, even once you die. They're still going to talk about you years and years later. That's why there are entire religions that are dedicated to Solomon and Solomon's wisdom. You've heard of the Masons. Well, they derive uh, some of the things they practice out of the belief that Solomon, there was no man that ever walked on the earth like him. Y'all looking at me strange and otherwise. Just your neighbor say thousandfold blessing. Look at this, verse 13, and I also am going to give you what you didn't ask me for he said you asked me for wisdom he said but i'm so impressed with your faith i am so moved by what you've done See, your tears don't move god your faith does your complaining doesn't move god your faith does your attitude don't move nobody but you and perhaps the people that sitting around do but god says i'm moved by faith and he looks at solomon and he says listen i'm gonna give you what you didn't ask me for you asked me for wisdom but i'm gonna give you more than that because great seed equals a greater harvest he said you only asked me for wisdom I'm going to give you that, but I want to give you greater. Somebody shout greater. He says, I'm going to give you both riches and honor so that there will not be anyone like you among all the kings of your days. He asks for wisdom. The Lord says, I'm going to give you way more than that. Blessed people are always giving. That's why they're always receiving. I think there's a few blessed folk that know what I'm talking about. See, don't get mad at my harvest when you ain't seen my seed. Don't you hate on what your neighbor's driving when you don't know what they sow? Don't you hate on what your neighbor's living because you don't know what they sow? Don't you hate at the fact that you might be worried, but your neighbor's not? See, givers are always going to not have to worry because they're always going to be receivers. I wish you touch your neighbor and tell him, say, be a giver, be a giver. Now, seed, there are different types of seed. Time, talent, testimony, treasure. In this particular instance, it was financial seed. It was treasure. I need you to hear me and hear me well. Too few people ever give beyond a few hundred dollars, which is why they don't see greater harvest. But what if you decided to sow the biggest seed you've ever sown? You don't have to ask God what to sow. What do you want me to sow? You don't have to ask. Just look at where you want to go. Then sow. Then sow. You're missing what I'm saying. You're missing what I'm saying. God didn't tell Solomon to give the thousand dollar offering, which is tantamount for you and I. It was a thousand burnt offerings in that day. He didn't tell him to do that. Solomon said, I won't be great. He said, because my daddy could have been great, but he, he didn't fulfill everything God ordained for him. He said, and his daddy could have been great, but he didn't fulfill everything God ordained for him. He said, so I want to be the interruption. To the dysfunction of my bloodline he says. so I'm going to have to do something they wouldn't do I'm here to tell somebody you're going to keep getting what you've been getting if you keep doing what you've been doing Your life is perfectly designed to give you the results that you've been receiving. But Solomon said, not me. And I think there's a few people in this place that are saying the same thing. Not me. I will not repeat the same dysfunction of my bloodline. I will not repeat the same curses of my bloodline. Somebody shout, not me. And when the greater harvest begins to arrive in your life, people are going to ask, well, how'd that happen? How'd that happen? How'd that happen? Oh, you must got that. No, baby. Greater harvests aren't on accident. They're a plan. I sowed based on where I wanted to go. The greater harvest that while he sowed, which would be for you and I financially, not only did he receive financial increase, he received wisdom. That's really what he asked for. But God said, I'm going to give you more than what you asked for. Which means God has the ability... For you to give him one seed, and take that one seed, it could be time, talent, energy, treasure, whatever. And God says, I'll take that and give you far more than you ever asked me for. Somebody say thousandfold blessing. All right, number three, number three, great fasting, greater favor. Great fasting, greater favor. Now remember, the question we're uh, uh, asking and answering simultaneously is the what. Say what. Because we're asking God how, and God is saying, where's my what? You give me your what, I'll reveal my how. But I don't reveal my how before I get my what. Does this making sense? All right, now, 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 because let me just go ahead and deal with this. Because somebody, well, Bishop, if the Lord loves you, won't he just do it? No. That's no word in the Bible. That's foolish. Whoever taught you that should not have a mic. I just thought since God loves me, everything's going to work out. Not true. Not in the Bible. That's nowhere in the Bible. Somewhere in the Bible. Well, if the Lord sees I have a need, won't he meet it? Nope. 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 The Lord responds to seed, not need. If the Lord responded to need, there wouldn't be struggling missionaries overseas. The Lord doesn't respond to need. He responds to seed. He's never responded to need. But well, the scripture says, and my God says, apply all my need to to. Right. That was to the Philippian church because the Philippians gave to Paul. Got another thing you want to throw at me? What else you got? What else you got? Jesus, okay, watch this. All right, number three. Great fasting, greater favor. Say great fasting. Amen. Greater favor. Now, now, check this out. Exodus 36 and 3. Now, some of y'all getting scared like, oh, here you go. we going to call it 21-day fast. No, just, just the one day. But I'm sure we're going to call it one. Exodus 36 and 3. Now, I want you to read this because this is powerful. I want you to read from verses 3 down to verse 7. This is powerful. if this doesn't make you shout, yeah, I don't know what's going to make you shout. Exodus 36 and 3. One, two, ready, read. And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of making the sanctuary. So they continued bringing to him freewill offerings every morning. Verse 4. Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work he was doing. Verse 5. And they spoke to Moses saying, the people bring much more than enough. For the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. Next verse. So Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. Watch this. And the people were restrained from bringing, verse 7. For the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done. Indeed, it was too much. I just want to know where the people at that want 2015 to be you calling people and saying, please stop favoring me. It's too much. Please stop giving me raises. It's too much. Please stop. It's too much. It's too- I, please. What's this? The great her favor was that they had too many resources. How did former slaves have too much? These were slaves just a few chapters earlier. How did former slaves have to announce in the middle of them erecting a sanctuary, how did former slaves have to say, please stop? We can't take no more. Could you imagine if that was the story of your life? I can't take no more joy. If I get one more call with some good news. See, you're so used to getting calls with messed up, jacked up news. But there's somebody in here that says, I want to get so many calls with so much good news. What's this? What's this? Say it was too much. How did former slaves, who at one point were told, make bricks with no straw. How did they get to the point in their life to where Moses says, stop? I can't take this no more. It's too much. I date a half-hour your neighbor say too much. too much. I prophesied to somebody in this place that in 2015 your your issue is not gonna be complaining about too much negative. But you're going to be, it's too much good happening to me. I ain't been this good in my life. Why is all of this good happening to me? I wish you'd touch two or three people around you and tell them it's going to be too much good, too much good, too much. But watch, but watch. But, but how did this happen? Now, this is Exodus 36. How, how did it get to this point? Now, remember, these were complainers, <laughs> They had some issues, but in this particular passage, they got too much to where they tell the people stop bringing offerings. Could you imagine going to your employer and saying, I can't take no more raises. Just please stop it. If you give me another bigger office, I just, I can't take any more benefits. Please stop giving me benefits. I can't take another match to my 401k, stop matching. Please stop it. Now you sitting here saying, watch this, some of y'all can't even receive it, that's why your face looks jacked, because you say, how? Nobody's asking you that. He's got the how, you gotta do the what. I said, he's got the how, you gotta do the what. We serve a God that'll turn the herald of the king toward you. He'll make people that don't even like you favor you. So, so, how did we get to this point, though? To where they, stop. If you buy me another new car, stop it. No, seriously, though, that's what happened. That's what I'm saying. That's what happened. Because you imagine telling your kids, if you keep acting this good, if you stop getting straight A's like that. Stop not being part of the crowd, but having the audacity to be. It's too much. How did it happen? Exodus 34, 28. So he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. And he wrote on the tablets, the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Look at me. Look at me, Harvest. When when was it too much? Exodus 36. When did he fast? Exodus 34. How did he get too much? Fasting. And Jesus said, and this come, and this kind, only come out through prayer and fasting. Watch this. He, he was rewriting the Ten Commandments so he wasn't fasting to receive them. That, 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 that wasn't it. When he was fasting, he was fasting so that, watch this, when chapter 36 came, God said, listen, I got you fasting now and you don't even know what you're fasting for, Moses. You think you're fasting to get the law. I've already given the law. You think you're fasting to get the Ten Commandments. I've already given that. This this is a new revelation I'm giving you. You're fasting because in just about a chapter and a half from the way we read it today, you're going to have an instance in your life, Moses, where you're not complaining about the people complaining, where you're not complaining about how bad it is, where you're not complaining about how messed up it is, but your complaint is, it's too much! I dare somebody to just prophesy and just push your hand out like that. Just say too much. So here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. If it worked for Moses, same God right now. If he did it for Moses, he's no respecter of persons. Somebody say, same God right now, same God back then so if he did it before he can do it again and I don't know about you tonight and I don't know about you this morning and I don't know about you this afternoon but if it's going to be anybody he's going to do it for it's going to be me I wish you to stand up on your feet and just holler it's going to be me see everybody couldn't get with it Somebody going to get it somebody stand on your feet holler it's going to be me Watch this. Watch this. So watch this. Be seated. Watch this. This why'd you have a stand up? Cause, 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 I need to pull you out of tenfold and pull you out a hundredfold and get you to thousandfold thinking. How? He's got the how. You just give him the what. So, so, so watch this. Here's what we're doing on New Year's Eve. We're fasting. So that means in this particular week, that means from midnight Tuesday going into Wednesday, watch this, you'll be at the New Year's Eve experience on Wednesday night. And look, we're cooking for you right after church, so you're going to be good and hungry. We're fasting. Why, Bishop? Why? Now, now, watch this. We're doing a water-only fast. Now, you consult your physician and your doctor for any health concerns or issues that you may have. The information shared in this message is no guarantee of any kind, expressed or implied regarding any health. Consult your own physician. <laughs> Let me send me you no know, Bishop, I fast and I Okay, nah, nah, nah. so water, if your doctor say you can't do water, do juice, say you can't do juice, do whatever your doctors say you can do. But for those that can do water only, that's what we're doing. Now, why, Bishop? Because the principle's clear. If I give him my what, he reveals his how. Amen. Great fasting brought greater favor. All Moses did was didn't eat. And truth be told, he probably didn't mind losing the weight. He probably was like, Well, Lord, if you don't do nothing else, you know, at least I was trying to get that little, it's gone now. It's over here, I was trying to get work, it's gone now. But what did he end up getting? Too much. Too much favor, too much joy, too much peace, too many opportunities, too much increase. So, 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 what we're going to do is set the stage going into this new year that we're going to do a great fast, expecting greater favor. Great fast, greater favor. Say it with me. Now, listen. Don't play with this one. Don't don't cheeseburger your way out of this one. If you get, watch this, if you get, if you get, you know, if you get a little, you know, whatever at work, you, you just said, let me take a break, go get you some water. Listen, do what I do, put you some lemon and some lime in it, make it a meal. Put the lemon, lemon, lemon wedges in there so it's got little bits of stuff in there so you feel like you're drinking some juice or something so it's kind of thick too. No, I'm serious. So be like, Man, that water was good. That was some good water. Don't, don't, don't 99 cent menu your way out of this one don't get them five nuggets and end up missing five months worth of favor. (laughs) Tell your neighbor and say, this fast is the game changer. Why, Bishop? Because now you have a revelation to attach to it. And all that getting, get an understanding. Bishop, I fasted before and didn't say it because you didn't have the revelation of what it could do for you. Say, I have a revelation now. And I declare to myself, 2015 will be a year where my my words are, this is too much favor. And some of you ain't shouting about favor because you don't know what favor is. Favor is preferential treatment favor means they didn't do it for this one this one this one but they did it for you and I just need some people that believe the Bible to shout it's me uh-huh yes sir it's gonna be me it's gonna be my family it's gonna be my bloodline and it's gonna be too much go on and do it again too much when you go on to work if somebody tries to get an attitude with you, ah, too much because they may be giving you hell this year. But next year, they're going to be your greatest advocate. All right, number four, and I'm through. I'm out of time. Number four, great declarations, greater destinations. Great declarations, greater destinations. Now, I want you to see this. Now, if y'all will stick with me, depending on the amount of pull in the room, we'll see how much revelation I can give you. Okay. Now he said, "Bishop, what do you mean the pool in the room? What is that?" Please understand. There are certain atmospheres where the demand and the draw on the anointing of God, which is just God's grace, His favor, His supernatural, it's so great. And Bishop, what creates that demand? Expectancy. There are certain atmospheres where the expectancy is so high that God will do what He did not intentionally or initially intend to do. <laughs> Bishop, what do you mean? What do you mean? There are instances in the scripture where God says, listen, I actually intended to do A, but the demand of the people was so great. I turned and I ended up doing B. Let me get some scripture in the scripture. Joshua was fighting a battle and as they were fighting their enemies the sun started to go down but joshua said no god i'm asking you to do something for me you've never done for anybody i'm gonna ask you to make the sun stand still because i'm not done whooping their heads yet I'm not done winning yet. I'm not. So Lord, would you let the sun stand still? And the Lord said, I ain't never seen a man ask me to do something so great. So while I didn't plan on doing that, I'm going to make the sun stand still. Are there some sun stand still people in this place that say, I know I've never seen it. I know I've never heard about it, but I believe he can do it for me. So when I talk about the pool in the room. that's why there's certain revelation that if there's a draw if there's an expectancy it'll totally alter what was initially intended to be said Jesus didn't intend to heal that woman with the issue of blood but she pressed through and said listen I'm getting healed today she said I've been messed up for 12 years and she said to herself if I can touch the hem of his garment which means she decided her own deliverance Any expecting people? Oh All right. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Ephesians 5.1. Say de- great declarations. Greater destinations. Now I want to show you something. This is going to rock your world like like Wanda from Lemon Color. Ephesians 5.1. And I want you to read it. One, two, ready, read. Okay, look at me. Um, what does it mean to imitate? Copy. Copycat. Act like. Okay? Watch this. What did the verse say? Go ahead and put it up. Be imitators of who? As what? Now, there's several lessons here because parents, your children, are just you. That's said sometimes you look at them, you get so frustrated. It's because God's saying, that's you. So while you casting the demons, that's your kids. Flip them hands over and... But I ain't dealing with that today. Ephesians 5.1, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Now watch this. If we're supposed to imitate him, hmm, what are the first recorded words of what he did that we're supposed to imitate? If we're supposed to imitate him, there's a, there's a principle called the law of first mention, which means where something is first mentioned indicates the context and the construct by which something should be judged for the remainder of the text. The remainder of the canon. That's your Bible. So let's just go back to Genesis and see what it is that he did that you and I are supposed to imitate. Okay, there's, 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 I, I, there's like four people over there that's drawing. Genesis 1 and 1. I just want to rock your world. Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God did what? Verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So what's the first thing God did that we have record of? He created. Come here. Let me tell you a secret. Come here. Come here. Who me? All of y'all. Created doesn't mean what you think it means. Created in Hebrew doesn't mean what you and I see. When you think of create, you think he took some, you know, he took some water, put some water together, put the earth together. It, that ain't what it means. Created in Hebrew means dispatch. So let's read the verse. In the beginning, God dispatched the heavens and the earth. Well, now you might be saying, Bishop, what? does that mean please help me understand it, sir, because I'm not getting it understanding it dispatch means to solve a problem quickly and efficiently in the beginning God solved the problem quickly and efficiently say he dispatched now stay with me because it'll make sense in just a moment now what's the second thing the Bible says he did he hovered Hover doesn't mean like, you know, we think of hover, you know, hovered. Hover doesn't mean that in Hebrew. In Hebrew, hovered means relaxed. So in the beginning, God solved the problem quickly and efficiently, then he relaxed. All right, I'll save it for the 1115. Somebody in some city is going to shout about this kind of revelation. So he dispatches, then he relaxes. But now, what's what's the third thing he did? Why would God's first actions he lets us record of him be that he dispatched and then he relaxed? You had this big image in your mind of God working real hard. God said, no, I solved my problems quickly and efficiently. And then I relax. God says, I ain't got, to, I'm not going to be stressed. I'm the G-O-D. And that's why Psalm 8 says, who is man that you are mindful of him that you made him? Your Bible says a little lower than the angels, but the original says a little lower than Elohim himself. That's why Psalm 84 says, and God has made us to be gods. Little G, not big G. Why, why would... Why would God relax? Like, come on, God, work on some stuff, you know. Because of what he did, what the third thing he did? What's the third thing he did? Then God said. God says, we got a problem here. But I'm getting ready to solve it quickly and efficiently. Quick deals with chronological time. Efficient deals with qualitative time. God says, I'm not keeping this. Listen, there's some situations you need to look at and say, I'm not keeping you longer than a day. (laughs) God wasn't worried. Watch this. Because his declarations were determining his destinations. And since we imitate him, that's what we do. I'm just going to walk you through it. (laughs) In the beginning, God dispatched. Which by definition means he solved the problem. You can Look it up for yourself. It's a verb. It means to solve a problem quickly and efficiently. Then he relaxes. The spirit of God was relaxing. You know why he was relaxing? Because he said, I'm getting ready to say something. Verse 3. Then he said, God didn't go do anything but Relax. I'm here to tell somebody in here, the reason you're so stressed out and the reason you got all these issues is because you're busy trying to do the how when all you need to do is the what. He's got the how, you do the what. God says, I'm relaxing. I'm having a great day. I'm enjoying this. He said, you know why? Because I'm getting ready to declare some stuff. And my declaration is going to determine the destination. See, there's some stuff you need to see, look at and folks at crazy. You just said. let me tell you something. You're going to be my greatest asset next year. You, you got some situations going on in your life. You need to look at it and just say, you know what? I declare that in the name of Jesus, you might look real bad right now, but I declare in just a few days. Matter of fact, I got the power of God inside of me by this time tomorrow. I'm not keeping this problem longer than a day. I'm gonna do like God. I'm gonna dispatch. I'm gonna solve a problem quickly and efficiently. Then I'm gonna relax. You know why I'm gonna relax? Cause I can speak into my future, and I can speak my world into existence, and I can decree a thing and it shall be established. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it eat its fruit. But doesn't everybody say? But wait, there's more. Watch this. John six sixty three. Let me say this. John six sixty three. I'm through. It's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Now. Put that verse up. Amen. Read, the, read after the period. Ready, read. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are high. Now, is anybody reading that in the Bible? What color are those words? Red. So who's talking? Kool-Aid. No, Jesus. 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 <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Jesus said, the words I speak to you are what? Spirit. And they are. Life, look at me Harvest, words are spirits. Spirit in the Greek is the word pneuma, which in its most rudimentary form means mindsets, which means every time I speak or declare something, I'm releasing a spirit or I'm releasing a mindset. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. That's why the more you make dumb declarations, the more you think dumb thoughts. I change my mindset by changing my declarations. I don't change. It's not the opposite way. Which means you may feel like you're losing, but that's not your declaration. Somebody asks you, how you doing? Baby, all I do is win. And my hands go up and they stay there. Why? Because my declaration is determining my destination. I wish I had some people in here that understood this. What what's this? is your words are spirit? Now, check this out. Spirit means it can travel to where you can't physically travel to. Which means my words can leave December 28, 2014 and go all the way to December 28, 2015 and start walking back from there all the way back to here. Because spirits can travel where you cannot travel. I- I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Can-, can I give you a little bit more? Well, no, no, no. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. In the Bible... There were very few times where Jesus actually laid hands on people. You know what he did most of the time? Declared. He says, daughter, your faith has made you well. He didn't touch her. He said, you're well. <laughs> you keep thinking, I just need to go. Let me, just, let me just, I, just, I just need to go get 12 steps to this. And I'm and not saying anything against 12 steps. You probably need to make 20 steps. But just... Say there are some things, in fact, all things that my declaration can fix. Okay, uh, okay, let me get, let me, let me get this and, and, and then we're done. Uh, Jesus didn't go dig Lazarus up. Somebody said Lazarus is dead. And didn't he die? He's dead. He's in the grave. And everyone said, Listen, Jesus, he's dead. And then the Bible says, Jesus, well, then Jesus walked over there and he said it with a loud voice. He vociferated and he vaticinated. Said it loudly and he prophesied. <laughs> Some of y'all are like. What's this? He didn't say, Lazarus, I'm coming in there to get you, boy. They didn't kill Lazarus. I don't believe this. Did nobody tell me nothing? They didn't took Lazarus. You know what he did? Jesus stood back here and he said, All right, I'm gonna dispatch. I don't keep problems longer than a day. So let me go on and do what I've always been doing since Genesis 1 1. Let me dispatch. Let me solve a problem quickly and efficiently. What was the problem? Lazarus was dead. So what did Jesus do? Did he go move the tomb and dig him up out? No. Jesus stood back and he said, Lazarus! Now the reason he had to call his name is because if he didn't specify Lazarus, everybody would have got up out of the grave. I'm here to tell somebody, there's some stuff you've been working real hard on that you've got to fix your declarations about. He said, Lazarus, come forth. He didn't go dig him up, he declared him up. And I'm here to tell somebody, you don't have to go dig everything up. You can declare it up. You, somebody say, my declarations are determining my destinations. So, but watch this. Watch this. One more example. Be seated. One more example. In, in 1 Samuel 17, 46, King David, he wasn't king yet. He's just David the shepherd boy. He's getting ready to fight Goliath. Say, Goliath giant. Now, he's a little boy compared to Saul who's king. And even Saul is scared to fight Goliath. Saul is like, well, you know, he he's just going he gonna to win the day I guess because I'm not going out there. I, you know, I've been hurt too much. I ain't going out there. I've been, every time I take one step forward, I get, not, I'm not, I'm not. And then here you come saying, but who is? See, that's why some of you when you try to pull back, something says no. but Because that's the David in you rising up that says, I haven't come this far to quit now. I haven't cried these many tears to stop now. I haven't pressed like I pressed to be knocked down now. And David says, who is this uncircumcised? That means no covenant having Philistine. Because Hebrew boys were circumcised. So since he wasn't circumcised, that means he wasn't a Hebrew. He had no covenant with God. I said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dared defy the armies of the Lord? For 40 days, Goliath taunted the children of Israel. Say, said, you ain't going to knock me down. That's what's been happening in some of your lives. Your problems have been saying, well, how is this going to happen? And you've been taunted. How? You've been stressed out trying to figure out how. you losing sleep trying to figure out how. You can't even enjoy the day because you're trying to figure out how. The doctor gave you a report, and you're sitting here stressed out trying to figure out how. Don't worry about the how. You just do your what. He's got the how. <laughs> David says, well, what's going to happen for the man that kills Goliath? You know what the scripture says? They said, well, we're going we're to give him favor. He's, he's, he's going to get some tax relief and all these other benefits. And the king's going to give him a daughter, the whole nine. David's like, really? In other words, God says, you won't fight and not get something for your fight. God says, you ain't going to go through all of that and me not pay you back for it. And he's facing Goliath. No armor on, because Saul's armor didn't fit. Y'all still here? And he's facing Goliath. This little boy never fought, but he reminds himself. He says, well, when the lion came, I killed him. When the bear came, I killed him. So I don't have any experience with Goliath but I do have preparation with other stuff. See, the reason you ask how is because you don't have experience with that particular it. He said, I've never been exactly here, but I've, I've, I beat a lion, I beat a bear. And so he's facing him. And I'm sure David was probably know, around my height. Bible says he was a good-looking fella. Just reading the Bible, just reading the Bible. And so... Probably look like you or your name It's probably what David looked like. And David's like, he's got a big old sword, probably as tall as David was. Goliath was between 9 and 12 feet tall, so his sword was probably between 4 and 5 feet tall. Which means his sword could probably stand up to David. And he's like, I got a slingshot and five rocks. might say, he got five on it. Y'all shout at that. Look at that. Y'all supposed to be Christian folks. Now, here's what's significant about five. Come on, act like you've learned something to serious. Five is the number of the blessing. It's the number of favor. It, y'all not saying nothing. David said, I got five rocks. Smooth stones. He said, which means the blessing's on me, Goliath. So I've never fought you face to face. I've never dealt with this problem face to face. But it doesn't matter because I got the blessing. Touch your neighbor and say, you've got the blessing. And you know what David does before he fights him? He says, listen, this looks really stacked against me. They're saying, I don't have the en- enough uh, money to get this done. They're saying, I don't have enough expertise to get this done. They're saying, I don't have enough education to get this done. They're saying, somebody with my pedigree kept did this done. This is stacked against me. The system seems like it's rigged against me. But you know what David said? Look at verse 46. Put it up. This day. He's talking to something probably two times his height and says, This day. The Lord will deliver you to my hand, and I'm going to strike you, and I'm going to cut your head off, and then I'm going to give your carcass to the camp of the Philistines and the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. That way the whole earth knows that my God is God. You're not hearing me. Before David ever threw one of those rocks, he made a declaration and there's somebody in here you're trying to figure out what rock you're going to throw and how you're going to get this done and before you get out there trying to fight you need to make a declaration I wish you'd shake your neighbor's arm like you're going to shake it off and tell them say declare a thing declare a thing David said today and I wish somebody would shout that Today, you're coming down, Goliath. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year. But you've been in my way, and I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired about the same thing. Somebody holler today. But watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Because David's declaration was so powerful, listen, David's actual fight didn't match the size of what he faced. You're dealing with a somewhere between 9- and 12-foot giant. And you take him down with a rock. Now, for those of you that don't understand basics about physics and gravity and stuff like that, it's okay. I'll help you. A rock should knock down a man that big. And Goliath was a warrior, which means he ate good. He's one of them, you know. He don't stand like this. He, it's head and shoulders, knees and toes. It's just no. I'm just saying, he, he's, 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 he's one of these. It's like Zeus. And David throws a rock. Boop. And head, shoulder, knees and toes falls down. That doesn't make any sense. It seems like a fairy tale. You missed it. God said, David's declaration is so powerful that it reduced the actual fight he needed to have. Why, Bishop? His declaration did most of the fighting for him. Because David heard himself say it. But then the angels heard David say it. But then Goliath heard David say it. So when Goliath heard it, now Goliath's got a psyche issue. He's got a problem going on in his mind because he's thinking, well, this little boy might have a little bit more. They used to say it like this. It ain't the size of the dog that's in the fight. It's the size of the fight that's in the dog. And I'm not calling you a dog, but I think there's some fight on the inside of you. That says, Goliath, every giant in my life today. Here it is. Hebrews ten thirty six. For you have need of endurance. So that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. When you do your what, he reveals his how. It's not the other way around. You want to see the favor before the fast. You want to see the healing before the honor. You want to see the harvest before the seed. You want to see the destination before you make the declaration. God says it's not that way. It's the reverse. You give me great declarations. You'll receive greater destinations. You give me great fasting. I'll give you great favor. You give me great seed. I'll give you greater harvest. You give me great honor. I'll give you greater healing. Do you receive that today? Any thousandfold blessed
0: people in this place today. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow today. Cox bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA Safe Pilot, you'll feel like a big deal, even in a traffic jam. Save up to thirty percent with USAA Safe Pilot. Restrictions apply.